Yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, we're back at it with another episode, episode six of the ECB Cast uh, podcast, where we talk about NBA and everything like that. Uh, today, we got a, a few topics that we want to go over, such as uh, early rookie ratings. Um, we want to talk about how some people are outplaying, you know, what uh, we expected of them, and some people aren't performing to the par or to the expectations we had set of them. Uh, some teams are doing awesome in the early season. Some teams are doing absolutely garbage. Um, compared to where they were last year, and uh, we're going to talk about some contracts as well. Uh, but first and foremost, I just want to say uh, we apologize for the long layoff. You know, some of our teammates got injured. Um, you know, life happens, but um, we're back, and we're going we're gonna to be pushing out a lot more content. So I know uh, my man A-Ray has a lot to say about some rookies, and I'm going to let him uh, start off with it. So... Honestly, you can actually take the floor with this one because a lot of you guys have a different opinion than me. I'll let you guys see your opinion right. and then I'll say uh, why I disagree. Okay. Uh, my Mine is kind of a hot take. I want to I wanna do it in the middle or like towards the end because <laughs> it's going to be a while. I don't want to talk about like this, this one rookie and then everyone keeps talking about him. I know, <laughs> I know uh, Kyle had like, you know, a certain uh, rookie in mind. Yeah. Um... One guy who I've been really impressed with so far, and a lot of people have been calling him the steal of the draft up till right now, has been Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he was drafted by the Sacramento Kings, I believe, with like the 12th or 13th pick, and a lot of people at the time were surprised that he even fell that far. Um, he, um, I know he was playing a lot of fourth quarters in particular because he was just so efficient and wasn't wasn't really turning the ball over so far in his career. I mean, he hasn't had a game where he's turned the ball over more than twice. He, granted, he did just get hurt. He took a little bit of a scary fall versus the Houston Rockets. But all in all, I've just been very impressed by him. Uh, Luke Walton is trusting him out there in the fourth quarter while Sacramento's having a lot of problems with Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox's dad's arguing on Twitter. But as Ty, um, Tyrese Halliburton has just been a breath of fresh air for them, and it's been it's been good to see. Yeah, I, I love the – like, you know, this is completely unrelated, but – I love the little like uh, jokes that come with his name. Like if he makes a lot of threes, his name is Ty Threes Halliburton or some shit like that. I always find that shit super funny. All right, con- uh, continue, Ray. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, like Tyrese has definitely been. I don't want to say steal because, like, it was a twelfth pick, so everyone kind of expected him to be good. I feel like the reason why he fell so far in the draft was he's the type of player that's pretty much good at everything, but he's not exceptionally good at one thing, and I think that's kind of why he fell in the draft. He, like you said, he's super efficient. And I was watching that game where he was playing against Houston, and he was pretty much everywhere on the court. And that's one thing that surprised me was his defensive efficiency. He was, like, literally all over the place, tipping passes, getting steals, and making the right play. And that's not something you see typically from a rookie, especially a point guard. So I definitely think he was playing super well as a rookie. Um. Well, one of the big names for rookies, uh, we all know about J- James Wiseman. Um. Honestly, I've been watching a lot of Warriors basketball and just watching James Wiseman. There's so much potential in him. I know this might be a <laughs> big of a stretch uh, to say that he has um, flashes of like Giannis-like play um, just because he's able to dribble. Uh, like It was only one play where he got a block and then he was able to dribble down court and do a Eurostep dunk, you know, stuff like that. But um. There's definitely a lot of um, upside to him, um, a lot of potential that you can already see. And, like, this is probably, I know it's a bit early to say, but probably the best center that uh, Stephen Curry's played with in his career. So, um, yeah, James Wiseman just has, uh, like, surprised me with how quickly he has picked up on Warriors basketball. Like, his, he could shoot threes. He's shooting at 41%, so that's pretty good. Um, he he's like you know, blocking. He's he's guarding the paint, and I'm I'm sure with Draymond's uh, uh, mentoring, um, he'll only become a defense a better defensive player. So, yeah, I uh, just wanted to uh, say that about James Wiseman. Uh, definitely loving what he's doing. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Because uh, <laughs> I, I remember not too long ago, uh, there was an argument about who was if James Wiseman was worth it and if he would fit into the Warriors system. I will say that I'm really surprised with the way he's shooting because uh, like even though it is a small sample size, 41% is not easy to do. Um, and especially like with the way that people were projecting him to be, uh, I really I really think that he is like a, a good uh, rookie. Um, 
I mean, it is kind of a stretch to say that, like, you know, he's kind of like Giannis, but I do see the flashes that you're talking about. One rookie in particular, uh, I'm probably going to uh, divide the group up a little bit. No, 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 no. Let me say something with uh, James Wiseman real quick. Okay. Before I cut you off, my bad. No, so, you already like, did. It's okay. <laughs> All right, so earlier you guys were saying that he's a potential rookie of the year, which I'm not disagreeing to, but... Okay, so Narf was saying that basically he's probably one of the he could be one of the best centers that Curry has played with. Dude, he's literally the same as JaVale McGee. So right now, and it's kind of hard to say this, but I'm looking at the stats alone. So he's shooting 41% from three, and that's definitely a surprise. Um, but so is McGee. McGee's actually shooting higher than that this season. Uh, how, how many threes uh, is he attempting per game? So uh, McGee is attempting one, a little bit over one threes per game. But Wiseman is also attempting one and a half threes per game. One point so seven threes per game. That's oh more. man, that's so much of a difference. But hear I me mean, out. That is that's almost two threes a game. I don't know. Um, I you, still if like. If you look at come on, you, you, look, you, you don't look at J- uh, Javale McGee and go like, oh man, he's a three point threat. Like no. Yeah. You're not, Girl, you're not considering up, that James Wiseman is a rookie. JaVale McGee has been playing in the league for a while. So, like, yes. at this level, like, he's, I'm, he's I'm a rookie and he's say, playing like this. I'm just trying to say, I don't want to... My man, he's up with the facts, bro. Oh, <laughs> I don't want, I just want to, all I'm trying to say is, like, I don't want you guys overhyping Wiseman. If you We're look not. at his last... Okay, okay. All right. But if you look hey. at his last five games, he hasn't hit a single three. He's, like, I don't know. He's, like, 0 for 6 or 0 for 7 from three, so... That number has been dropping, and he definitely started off super strong. And but like I said, like he's basically reminds me of Javale McGee. For sure, guys. Where's this? Where's this Javale McGee disrespect coming from? Are you are you forgetting he's a, a former MVP, former Shaqton MVP? Like, oh, what, what are we doing here? Hey <laughs> okay, man, I think I think they already uh, bridged the gap, uh, Javale and Shaq. I think they uh, they're friends now. Um, but like, so the real rookie that I want to talk about is uh freaking lamello ball bro <laughs> yo my fantasy mvp look all i'm gonna say is this okay if you're looking at pure stats wise just pure stats right uh lamello i think he's either playing better or the same as lonzo and lonzo has been in the league for a few years i'm not talking about defensive i'm not talking about plus minus rating or anything like that if you're looking at just the stats lamello is doing great now his like percentages and stuff like that aren't that great but, like, I mean, he's doing pretty good. For a rookie, I think he's doing pretty good. So now I'm ready to be flamed. My body is ready. Uh, y'all take it away. Uh, I'm ready to be attacked. Let's go. Honestly, man, I'm not going to attack you. I honestly think that he's probably playing as one of the better rookies this season. He came into the season with a lot of expectations, especially at his height and his skill set. So those numbers aren't, like, aren't to be taken lightly, but they are pretty good numbers. Dude, honestly, the way he's playing, like he's basically really close to flirting with a triple double every night. So mm-hmm. he could honestly be the youngest player to ever put up a triple double. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's gonna be like, yo, he's nasty because he's putting up a triple double. I just think it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like he's putting up 12, like 11.6 points, uh, 4.9 assists, and then 4.7 rebounds, right? And if you look at just the number, he's shooting 1.6 or making 1.6 threes a game. And obviously, that's less than, uh, you know, the rookie of the year, James Wiseman, who has 1.7 uh, made three-pointers. Uh, but, like, uh, I just think it's, like, people were hating on him. And a lot of people were just were just saying that LaMelo wasn't going to amount to anything or anything like that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like people always thought LaMelo had a very high ceiling. It's just um, whether he would like, go towards uh, the fame or towards his actual basketball ability. After the first game where he had like zero points, I remember I was talking to my man Array, and he's like, "Dude, Lamelo is so trash. He had zero points." And then, <laughs> what? I never said that. Yes, bro. you no. did. I remember. No, he's a, he's you were a, trash I'm talking to man. Like that, bro. And every time Array, like Array, always hates on a player if they're not named Marcus Smart. That's like that's it. <laughs> bro, we're so. not going there. We're not going there right now. That is straight cap. That, that's all I'm gonna bro, say. That's, bro, I'm gonna listen. Say. If you guys, if you guys remember the first podcast or the second podcast, I don't remember which one. I was saying that, yo, LaMelo has the highest ceiling. He's probably going to be the best player in this draft. So I was not hating. I was just saying I'm surprised that he came off to a slow start. I don't know where these words came from. No, I don't know where these came from. How quickly they forget, bro. Uh, For real. Yo, yo, speaking of quickly, 
Yo, Emmanuel. Yo, Emmanuel quickly. Yes. He's nice, <laughs> Go for it, man. No, no, no. You got it. So, honestly, I just was like, I haven't watched a single Nick game, and I'm going to be honest, but he did, like, I've been hearing a lot of buzz around this guy, Emmanuel quickly. So, I decided to do a little bit of research on him. And so, I noticed that he's like a guard that went kind of late in the first round, but he's been playing super well. I mean, He's had like probably one or two good games, but you got to remember the the guards on the Knicks aren't really the best. Alfred Payton, he's a pretty good player, but he lacks shooting. Other than that, like you got Dennis Smith Jr., who a lot of people like, but I'm gonna be honest, he's not that good. He's probably gonna, in my opinion, he's probably gonna be in like some kind of European league in the future. But he's probably working his way up the depth chart, and he's probably gonna become maybe not a staple, but definitely a player that will be in the rotation on the Knicks. I mean, I don't think uh, like. Uh... Like if you're looking at today's game, the Knicks versus the Jazz, uh, like Dennis Smith Jr., he hasn't even stepped on the court yet. Well, I be- I believe that's because of injuries, though, not just because of like any death chart or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All right, push um, on, push on. One Dang. thing I just wanted to point out, though, is like you know I I feel like as NBA fans we've been spoiled these last few years. You know we've had Ben Simmons as the rookie of the year. Um, but like Luka Doncic, um, Trey Young, like all these rookies that have been coming recently, they've just been like amazing talents. And just like this year, it feels a little bit lackluster. Um, not really big names. Uh, James Wiseman, he looks like he could be an All Star, but like, um, I, I, like uh, I don't know about that. I, no, not this year. I'm just saying like his. Oh, like future All Star, hundred percent. Yeah, like a future All Star, but like I'm not really seeing something like a superstar uh, type talent uh, in this uh, year's uh, rookies draft class. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, honestly, I agree with you. Yeah, like there's no Zions or Jaws or Trey or Luca this year. So I definitely agree with that point. In my opinion, I feel like it's probably LaMelo just because he already has that like fame Bro, around his name. Get off the ball, Rose, man. Get off the ball. <laughs> Look, I, I love Lonzo, man. And I'm starting to like LaMelo. Uh, I mean, he's getting I mean, he's getting more fantasy points than Lonzo is at the moment in our league, uh, which is really uh, unfortunate. For Lonzo, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think Lonzo, honestly, while we're talking about the Ball Brothers, Lonzo has actually improved his three point game. I amazing. think, yeah. I don't All blame. Right, I think him. that's. I think that's enough about the Ball Brothers. <laughs> Yo, yes, y'all sir? forgot the rookie of the year, though. Y'all forgot about Leangelo, man. He's bro, he was man. so good, bro. He was so good, bro. He played a whole zero minutes. For the Detroit Pistons, you know who's we we've been praising rookies, but like you know who's really um doesn't deserve any praise. Um, Anthony Edwards, man, this guy should have gone to NFL or like I, some other sports or stand up comedy or stand up comedy, man. This guy, I, I, don't know what he's doing. I think it's because Minnesota's not doing that great of, as like a team, but he's averaging like fourteen points a game, and like he Edwards wasn't going percent, percentage though. Look at. Like, there's everything else. Like, I don't know. It's just he doesn't seem like mm-hmm. that great of a player. And, like, someone on, on the um, Minnesota Timberwolves needs to step up. And, you know, he's just a rookie. But, like, he's shooting, like, less than 30% from three. Like, come on now. You got to step it up. You got to hit the gym. See, no, I have to kind of agree with you a little bit. One of the reasons why, like, if you guys remember that earlier episode where we were talking about the NBA draft that was coming up, um, one of the reasons why I didn't have Anthony Edwards going first overall was because I thought that he would be like exactly the same as Andrew Wiggins in the sense that he seems kind of disinterested, just a high volume scorer with not that good efficiency. And I don't want to say I'm right because it's only been like or like six or seven games and he has a whole career ahead of him. I'm sure it'd be fine, but he I just didn't think that the Timberwolves would make the same mistake in getting the same type of player in Anthony Edwards as Andrew Wiggins was. You know what I mean? All right. Um, I don't think that holds that much weight considering they've been shooting themselves in the foot for the past 10 years and now they're shooting themselves in the other foot. All right, I- I'm moving us the fuck on from this, bro. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, we're going from rookie ratings to team ratings. All right, who wants to take this on? And I'm pretty sure some of your teams are doing better than others. I need, who- who's taking a stab at this one first? Um, can I start off by Please. just praising uh, the Magic Um so one of my favorite centers is on the team, uh, Nikola Vucevic. 
Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I, every year I've been picking this man on my fantasy league, and he's never disappointed. And honestly, he's never disappointed for uh, Orlando Magic either. He's just been all playing at a very high level. I think this year he's finally gonna get the credit he deserves, unless Shaq like hate on him like he does with every other tenor. Um, mm. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic. Um, just amazing talent, and just like the Orlando Magic looks like a very good, um, well chemistry team, and it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how uh, long they can just keep this consistency of winning basketball games and actually just just stay consistent, bro. That's all I'm gonna say. Just stay consistent. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, like coming into the season, I none of us had the magic on our. Uh, our preseason ratings for the how the standings would be for the playoffs. None of us had the Magic going anywhere near the eighth seed. Uh, we all had them missing the playoffs. So definitely happy for the Magic there. Um, I personally, like, the only player on that team that I really liked was Vucevic. Other than that, you know, I thought Aaron Gordon was a little bit overrated. I didn't know that Markel Fultz would have a great year. And it's kind of unfortunate that he actually got hurt today. But he was having a great year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, seriously, the the Magic have came out the gates super hot and they're playing super well. I think it's interesting that uh, at least for my for my uh, what's it called for my standings for the East and the West, uh, like my East was like totally wrong. Um, I had Miami in there, and and like granted, like it's only been like ten games, right? Like barely ten games total for like each team. Uh, like you know, you got the Knicks like at fifth seed. Right. And like, granted, like five to eight is all four and three, like wins and losses. And you have the Knicks, you got Cleveland, you got Atlanta and you have Milwaukee at seven. Right. Uh, I think it's really uh, early to say that, you know, these teams are going to make the playoffs because it is like barely 10 games in. Uh, But the West is so freaking tight, bro. If you go from like four to like 11, they're all like one game apiece, like difference. It's like four and three and then. I mean, it doesn't like really need four. much just because the season's only started, though. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, exactly. But it's it always seems like the West is so tight from, like, 5 to, like, the 11th seed or something like that. So it's going to be rough because, like, every single team on the West is, like, good except for, like, Minnesota or, like, Memphis, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yo, speaking of that, yo, I think Narf owes um, Kyle a little bit of apology about the Suns. It has been seven games, but you know the Suns been playing pretty well. I know Kyle wants to keep going on the Suns here. Yeah, man. Um, coming into the season, I said that the Suns would be um, that their ceiling, ceiling. I uh, want to emphasize that word would be the fourth seed. Currently, I believe they're either the, the third or fourth seed. Uh, I think they're right above. I think they're right behind the Clippers Second. and the Lakers currently. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, with the Clippers, right? So, they um just coming into the year, I just knew it. It's the Chris Paul effect, man. Chris Paul, wherever he goes, teams get better <laughs> and just play better. Um, that's not just giving him all the all the praise because their wing players have really stepped it up. Mikael Bridges is averaging like 15 points. He's shooting, I believe, somewhere close to 50 percent from three on six attempts. He's playing great defense. Uh, Jay Crowder is in there. Playing great defense as well. Cam Johnson is a serviceable player. Kevin Booker has taken a little bit of a step back in terms of scoring, but that's to be expected when you add another ball-dominant guard, such as Chris Paul, to the team. So all in all, man, I mean, I, I don't want to say I expected this from the Suns, but I figured that they'd be a competitive team this year. So It's been a long time coming for the Suns, bro. Like, they've been getting better, like, every season with, like, DeAndre in and then uh, Kelly Oubre last season, who's pretty good until they got he got traded to the Warriors. Um, so I feel like the Suns have, have had like this, this growth for a long time and adding Chris Paul to that, it made them like a lot better. Yeah, I, I definitely owe, owe Kyle an apology. Um, the Suns actually have been amazing. Um, and like, you know, it's not just Devin Booker basketball. It's, it actually looks like a team basketball. A team. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I, and I would probably credit that to Chris Paul just because he's such a great a four general and a, a, like a good leader. Like I'm, I'm, there's no doubt about it. So yeah, um, hopefully they can sustain. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Suns there and always uh, Chris Paul uh, just succeeding as a point guard. Like he's one of the, he's definitely one of the greatest point guards uh, out there. I just, I just uh, want to say one one last thing about the Suns. Those um those new jerseys, the city edition jerseys they have, 
are beautiful. And that court that they play on when they play with those jerseys is so nice. And that, that's all I got to say, really. But awesome. Yeah, all right. Are. So let me just... Those man, they lost one beautiful thing on that team, though. Kelly Oubre. I'm gonna just say that. I had <laughs> man, I think we can all agree that you're spitting facts right now. This man is beautiful, bro. Uh, but, but you know no, what no, isn't? No. You know what isn't beautiful? The Toronto Raptors record. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> hey, What's going on? I mean, I mean, to be honest, I didn't. I honestly didn't think Raptors were going to be this bad. I knew they were going to be bad, but like I thought that they would still uh, push for playoffs just because of the basketball culture that's there. But also, you gotta think about it this way: they had the most disadvantage out of any other team. They're playing in Tampa. Um, so, um, yeah, that's just like one big thing and they don't have that right. crowd. The, the Raptors basketball was always known for its fans. Uh, like, I'm not saying this just as a Raptors fan, but like we had Jurassic Park and like Toronto Raptors was known for their fan base. So. Yeah, 100%. Without that, I feel like uh, Raptors had a great disadvantage. I know it's not a big thing, but they lost Ibaka as well. They lost Marc Gasol, who I didn't really like, but like honestly, that playmaking, not like having that anymore on the floor, is just really tough on a team. And I don't know what the hell Pascal Siakam is doing. Oh my god, bro, I hope he gets traded. He's doing, for like, bro, he's doing what he's always done, bro. The spin move, man. Bro, um, so I don't think it can be understated. The sure Marc Gasol was starting to decline a little bit last year, particularly in the playoffs. But the basketball IQ that him and Serge Ibaka had, because Serge Ibaka, before he came into Toronto, was really just a shot blocker who hit like a mid-range once in a while. But when he got to Toronto, he really grew as just like a bas- like a basketball player in terms of IQ. He started making better passes. He started like reading and reacting to defenses better. And them losing that and replacing it with Aaron Baines, who's not been good this year, and Alex Len has been a big problem. Before the season started, I said Norman Powell would be I said he would win the sixth man of the year. Dude, he is not living up to my prediction whatsoever. He's not been good this year. Uh, Fred Van Vliet has been so-and-so. OG has no. been not Fred? great either. I feel like Fred's been going off, bro. He's been going He's w. not been going off. He's been okay. Like, some games he'll be yeah. really good. Other games he'll be mediocre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, that, I think that's just my opinion. That can't be understated. Plus, uh, about Pascal, man, like, I watched the game. I believe they just played, was it the Knicks or the Hawks? It was one of those two teams. Pascal just doesn't look like he's aggressive anymore. It looks like, I don't want to say it, but it looks like the league might have figured him out. When he goes into the rim and turns into a Beyblade, like, it's teams just, <laughs> just don't know what to do. My guys really said Beyblade. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a throwback, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's all I really got to say about the Raptors. But I hope I hope teams haven't figured out Pascal because I mean I, I still that's want crazy. him to be good. The way they the way they play, like paid him right like two hundred mil, he's averaging seventeen points a game while uh, Fred VanVleet is averaging like twenty one. So it's like and like Fred VanVleet didn't get paid nearly as much as he did. So I'm like I feel bad for the Raptors. They made like a really bad investment. But I mean it might just be that Pascal's in the funk right now. Uh, you know, he might get out of it. Like, since the playoffs. Bro, Pascal hasn't been sitting right ever since Jalen Brown put him in the jail, bro. I might just say that. And going off that, yo, I, I've been saying this for the longest time ever. I think Pascal Siakam is pretty overrated. I don't think he deserved to be on an all-NBA team at all. Um, I don't think he's a bad player by any means. It's just that he's playing differently. And I don't think that's how the Raptors want to play him. He ever since he got that all NBA selection and he got an all star appearance, he's been kind of playing differently. If you ever notice, he he kind of thinks he maybe he's like a superstar as a level player before he got big or before he was made an all star. Like he used to hustle all over the place. Like he would sprint to the corner, shoot the three, he'd run in transition. But now, like Kyle was saying, maybe the NBA figured him out. But I think it's just that he's trying to change his play style and it's not fitting into the Raptors system. That's just my personal he's take. He's done too and much. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's, he's yeah. doing way too much. Yeah, because he's overrated. That's why. Oh, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Like, I'm not saying he's overrated because I think everyone's kind of seeing where he's at. But, I mean, I hope he has some trade value because I really want James Harden on the Raptors. That's all I'm going to say. Oof, that's a hot topic, man. I'm not going to lie. Could see that happening, especially with Masai Ujiri. Oh, yeah, with... Uh... No, I'm not even going to say anything. All right. So, I think that's about it for teams, right? No, no, no. There's one team that we have to talk about, the New York Knicks. Are you kidding me? Do you see what they're doing? Uh, um, that's fact. Tom Thibodeau, 
amazing coach. I know he gets a lot of hate because he really overworks his players and causes a lot of injuries, especially with Derrick Rose. Like, I think that's the most heartbreaking thing. But yeah, it's just him putting RJ Barrett to like extremely good use. Uh, I just uh, got him on my fantasy league, just so you guys know. So, uh, I'm rooting for him. Um, but yeah, uh, they, the only team that they lost to, or not the only team, uh, one of the teams that they lost to were like the Sixers, so that kind of makes sense. To beat the Bucks, um, they have Julius Randle. This man needs respect. Oh my God, he's playing out of like he's 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 amazing. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, we talked about him. Great, um, uh, great rookies. And then Obi Toppin, he's he's injured, but like I think if he comes back, he can add to the offense. It's just I, I feel like there's something actually going on with the Knicks and um, it's nice to see they even beat the Brooklyn Nets right so yeah that's uh, uh, definitely a surprise yeah it's kind of sad that the Raptors are the only team the only team the Raptors beat were the Knicks sad to put that out there they they won one game I didn't even look at their record oh my god I think the Knicks came back from like 15 down versus the Atlanta Hawks and I was watching that game and you guys are making the point about Emmanuel quickly earlier like he, I think he uh, played college ball at Kentucky, and no, he's been really good. I think Tom Thibodeau played him that entire fourth quarter because I uh, thought Tom Thibodeau one of his biggest knocks was that he didn't really trust his younger players who would ride his veteran players or his star players sometimes to a fault. But in that game, it looked like he made a difference because rather than after the Knicks coming back, rather than him subbing back in his veteran guard like Alfred Payton, for example, he rode with Emmanuel quickly and let him finish out the game, and that game ended with a win. You're definitely right. Nikola Jokic, uh, Nikola Jokic, Julius Randle's having a great year. Uh, he's doing things. I just got to hope he can sustain it because we've seen these flashes from him. So let's just let's just see what he can do for the rest of the year. True, true. So, you know what, what, team, what team is really unfortunate at the moment? So, like, not too long ago, we talked about how there's a big trade going on and how we could see, you know, either team benefiting, right, or one or the other. We chose uh, when we were talking about uh, the Wizards and the Rockets completing this trade, bro. And the records are not too different. Let me just verify that real quick. So, record for Houston is 2-3. and three, For Washington, is 2-5. and five. So, Washington is not doing that great with Russell Westbrook at the helm. And, you know, the Rockets are not doing that good as well. Um, so what are, your, what are your guys' thoughts on this? So um, I've been watching Washington Wizards basketball games because I've been very intrigued to see what they would do. And most people, just by looking at the numbers, they right immediately would blame everything on Russell Westbrook. And I'm going to go against that. I've never been a Russell Westbrook guy. I mean... We sat in this podcast for like 20 minutes and me and Narf argued and I called him trash and overrated. Um, but this is this is not Westbrook's fault, man. This is um, this is on Scott Brooks. He's been awful as a coach. He's basically turned into the new Jim Boylan this year. He's There was this lineup that he played versus the Chicago Bulls, which, I mean, you have to beat the Chicago Bulls. They're not a good team and they're awful defensively as well. You, um, It was like Raul Neto. It was Thomas Bryant, Russell Westbrook. Um, Troy Brown and who's the last Ish Smith? Like who's who on that lineup is defending anyone? Thomas Bryant can't rebound or defend anyone to begin with, and you're surrounding him with all negative defenders. Like that makes no sense. You have to not only like I get the Wizards. Wizards don't have any good defensive players. But you have to try to keep your team from hurting themselves. You know what I mean? Like currently they are the. 27th ranked defense in the NBA, which I mean, I figured they'd be a bad defensive team because they don't have any good defensive players. But I figured, like, at the very least, Scott Brooks would try to keep them from, you know, shooting themselves in the foot with his terrible rotations. But I guess, guess that just has not been the case this year. What do you guys think? Um, as, uh, as a Wizards fan, uh, not a real fan, but like, just so because I, I want to see Russell Westbrook Man? succeed. Um, it's really disappointing to see how they started off. Um, but also, we got to uh, see that the teams that they played, they, they've been relatively hard, except for, like, Chicago Bulls. They should have definitely won that. But, like, they've played against Sixers. Magics are also a playoff team. Um, and, like, the games have been close. It's not like they've been blown out in any of the games. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I. I totally see what you're saying about the defense like there's literally no defense being played by anybody um it's just 
And like you just today, um, right now the game between Wizards and Sixers, Bradley Beal drops sixty, and it's just like, like there's a lot of offense, but there's really no defense. Like the score is one forty one to one thirty six. So like, just looking at stuff like that, it's just like, yeah, Wizards got to change it up, uh, and that's definitely on the coach, not Russell Westbrook. Um, but it's yeah, like, yeah, but sorry, my bad. Uh, I was gonna say it's just like the position they were in last year. Last year. To start off the year, they were a very hot offense, but then they started they started struggling, and their offense started um, started coming back down to earth, and they stayed a terrible defensive team. And you're not going to win games by being a middle of the pack offense. Right now, they're ninth in offensive rating per NBAStats.com. That is probably it. Might go up. Who knows? I think it should because they have a lot of shooters, and you surround Russell Westbrook with that spacing. It should be a positive, but they have to either make a trade and get some good defensive players, or they have to figure out a scheme that works for them. Otherwise you can't just be a, a good offense and be like a bottom defense and hope to even, I, I think they're going to be a, at the very least a play in tournament team, but if they want to make some actual noise, they have to change up what they're doing right now. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. Come on, yeah, Westbrook. No. <laughs> now what I want to see is like, you know, Bradley Beal is playing his own game and so is Westbrook. I kind of want to see that teamwork, you know, that synergy, you know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be one plus one equals two. It should be one plus one equals three, if you know what I mean. Like, like for example, like, when when Bradley Beal was playing with John Wall, you know, like, that was a deadly duo. Like, I'm more afraid of that duo than I am of Westbrook and uh, Bradley Beal, if you know what I mean. That's what I want to see from the Wizards. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree with uh, what you're saying about that. Yeah, Russ Westbrook definitely needs to get some pressure off Bradley Beal and, like, Help him do is just pat, like getting the ball to him, but like also getting defenses away from him and just like working together. Yeah, I, I totally get that, but I think the main problem that lies for the Wizards, as um, as Kyle said, is the defense. Until they fix their defense, no matter what the rest of the players do, I don't think. Wizards and Scott Brooks. Anyway. And Scott Brooks, he's been really bad too. Those two things have been their biggest problem. All right, we can move whenever you guys are ready. I mean, since you're pivoting us like this, you can go ahead and take the next one. Uh, well, there's a team that I want to talk about. Talk about them. What's going on with them? Um, I haven't really kept up with uh, what's uh, what's happening in the organization and the games that they're playing. But, yeah, they're, they're out of the playoff right now. They're in 10th seed. But, I mean, it doesn't look like they're making any noise. Like, they don't look like they just came out of the NBA Finals. So, I guess it goes back to – did they get into the finals by fluke last year? Or, like, what's going on with them? What do you guys think? I think the Heat have cooled down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you guys did. Um, I th- Man was waiting for this the whole time. That's funny. <laughs> I think there's a lot, of, a lot of issues that the Heat have been having as of recently. Uh, number one, their biggest problem is Jimmy Butler. He got injured, and then he's come yeah. back, and he's he just has not looked like himself. I think he's only averaging like ten points per game or something along that line. Um, that's that has been one of their biggest problems. And another thing, I guess you could say now is that they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Teams are gonna they're gonna know. Like last year, I don't think anybody expected anybody before the season said that the Miami Heat would be the NBA Finals. That's just something that. No, that's just not something that people were thinking. And now people are going to treat them like they're one of these elite teams and they're going to have to respond to that will accordingly. And if they don't, they might just get left behind. That's just my opinion on them. Yeah, uh, totally agree. I, mean, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Jim Butler has been injured. And I, I definitely like don't want this to be like another Isaiah Thomas case where like, you know, he's like forced, like he's forcing himself to play when he hasn't fully recovered. Because that always, almost always goes, like, the wrong way. So, like, if he is still injured, then, like, you know, I hope he, like, sits down and lets his injury go away and heal fully before he makes, like, a comeback. Because, um, like, we are, like, barely 10 games into the season. Like, even if you lose, like, the next five or whatever, you need to take a few weeks off, take those weeks off. Um, that's just my take. I like the point that uh, my man made uh, about the the thing how the Heat are now no longer undercover. Um, that was actually very interesting because do you think you could relate that to the Raptors as well? Because they made the finals like, you know, two years ago and then they played great last season. So why are they not doing so good this season? 
Honestly, I've got Maybe two things like to add to that. Surgeon surgeon thing. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've got two things to add to that. So one, let's let's talk about the Heat. So like Kyle was saying, like they're not under the radar anymore. Teams are gonna zero in on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Both their percentages have dropped a little bit to start the season. And it makes sense why teams are definitely zeroing in on them. That's kind of the same point with the Raptors. Um, like Fred Van Vliet is like gonna be that guy now. Kyle Lowry's getting older, and what that contract that they just gave Fred Van Vliet, they're looking to him as to be the kind of the future with Siakam, unless they make some moves or whatever. But teams are gonna zero in on these two guys, and typically shooters like they need kind of an off season to work with, and there was no off season to be given this year or it was relatively short. So maybe that's why Fred Van Vliet is not really off to the hottest start, but now he's playing pretty well and, and like himself. So I think that's probably why, just because of a shorter season, like the, like the Heat are their shooting team. So that might be why. I also do believe what Kyle was saying about, you know, like Jimmy Butler being injured. I mean, I'm watching the game, right? It's literally happening right now. I caught the first half and Jimmy Butler, he got hurt again. Um, he kind of shaked it off, but I don't think that he's going to sit this game out. He's the type of person, and we all know about his work ethic and the amount of time he spends in the gym. He's not the type of person to sit out a game if he doesn't need to. Like He's definitely a really gutty, gritty player, so I don't think he will. But Jimmy Butler's kind of the heart and soul of that Heat team, so I feel like when there's no Jimmy Butler, there's no Heat, if that makes any sense. No, that does. Like, that honestly does. And, you know, to me, he's like, he is literally worth his weight in gold in terms of like in every single penny that he makes so like he's one of the few people in the nba where i feel like you know he almost might be underpaid but he's definitely like you know earns his money so i know a few of you i know a few of y'all got got a you know a different a differing opinion to say the least about like you know people that are you know playing up to their contracts so kyle i know you had somebody on your shit list Let's hear it. Hey, man. Um, I think this is the second time that Narf might have to apologize to me because when I brought this guy up as a guy who's going to break out this year, uh, he said that this guy plays for the Pistons. He's putting up these empty numbers, and they're not going to translate to anything. But, man, Christian Wood this year has been balling out. Um, I, before the season started, picked him as the guy who's going to win the most improved player. And so far, he has done my prediction justice, man. He's doing his thing. Sure, he can't defend anybody. But man, he's putting up numbers and he's he's hitting threes. He's rebounding. Um, he's easily the most versatile offensive big man that James Harden has played with. There was this one play in his first game where he uh, faked out. I believe it was like Derek Jones Jr. Got it passed and dribbled it to the rim and dunked on somebody, which was awesome. He caught like a lob over Nikola Jokic. And the game they ended up losing because neither him or Jokic could defend each other. But all in all, man, I've just been very, very impressed by Christian Wood. He's doing his thing and it's crazy he was on the philadelphia 76ers in the process years and he was just never given a chance the um the new orleans pelicans had him for like 12 or 13 games a couple years back and he played really well but they just didn't didn't give him a chance after that uh in detroit he broke out detroit a lot of people have been saying that detroit uh, just let him walk for nothing i doubt that's the case considering the promise that he showed so I, I, I think he wanted to leave Detroit, but man, he's just been doing his thing. And I'm, I'm very happy for that. I guess I'm a, I own a lot of stock in the Christian Wood fan club. You could say. I, I got to apologize to you for the second time in the podcast. Uh, yeah. Christian Wood three year, 41 million is looking really good right now. Um, yeah, this dude is nuts. I thought, I didn't really think he was that good, but oh my God, he, he's what? He's a double-double, like he's averaging a double-double right now. So 23.6 points per game, 10 rebounds per game. Like, damn, Christian Woods is good. So definitely uh, apologize to you for saying he's uh, he's got empty stats. But yeah, um, but like, I, I don't know uh, with Houston, like if if, he's, if his stats are going to help, help the Houston stay in the playoff run because there's still so much other things going on but uh, i guess yeah three three year 41 million that that's good yeah no that's a pretty good deal um yo kyle i got a question for you what's up this is kind of out of pocket though i'm gonna be honest man but i'm just trying to stay consistent so does christian make your wood harden god I mean, obviously <laughs> I mean, what kind of question is that sorry man sir what do you 
this you know it's it's kind of interesting Avery was the guy who also brought up Kelly Oubre uh you're going down a fascinating track brother uh this is interesting. <laughs> hey, uh, uh bro, all my uh boys in the sad boy hours and all that just so you know Christian Woods after he went undrafted I don't know I read a story or something that like his girlfriend broke up with him and all that but like yeah. look now I'm glad he's doing good for himself I'm sure the girls are regretting um, I think she actually blocked comments or restricted comments uh, on her okay. posts because she's getting hate. Three years, forty-one million, and he's putting up like twenty-three and almost ten. And That's the crazy part is that he's not even shooting that great from three right now. He's a career thirty-five percent three-point shooter, and he's shooting twenty-seven percent right now. So that percentage is, as the season goes on, it's going to progress to the mean. So he's going to be getting even better. Uh, he, it, it might, it might not even be a stretch to say that he could be an all-star level player. I mean, he, I know he's like 25. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, who knows? But yeah, he's he's been doing his thing. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what he continues to do with the rest of his career. Okay. So that's true and all. Uh, his his contract is definitely one that like, you know, he's he's living up to his contract. He's earning that contract. Um, I will say, like, you know, we talked about this earlier whenever uh, he got signed and traded. Uh, but Gordon Hayward, like I was saying how, you know, Boston wasn't the right fit for him. And I feel like, you know, the way that Gordon Hayward has been playing this season, he, I was definitely right. Like, he just played against Atlanta, right? He dropped 43 points, dude. And, like, you know, his averages are nothing that, like, you know, you could just brush off. He's averaging 19 points almost. You know, a couple of steals, a few assists, and then, like, you know, six rebounds. I think, like, Boston was definitely the problem for Gordon Hayward. He just never had the opportunity the way that uh, Charlotte is giving him that opportunity. Because he's playing, like, 35 minutes almost. Uh, per game or 34 minutes uh, per game and he's like he's doing great in charlotte and i'm um, maybe 120 was a little bit too much but he's definitely like making sure that his name <clears throat> that his name earned some respect uh the game that they played today he actually just dropped 43 um and uh you know he's been going hovering around the 20 mark for a while so i think it's i think we should uh put some more respect on gordon hayward's name um, yeah, uh, honestly, I think his contract is still a little bit too much, um, but, like, of course, it's Charlotte, so, like, you can't really expect for big-time players to come, so, I mean, yeah, he's definitely doing good, uh, for the team, uh, and I guess, I wouldn't say Boston was the problem, it was just they had so much talent on the team that he couldn't, uh, I guess. Um, right, it, it just wasn't the right fit, like, I'm not saying, like, the coaching system was bad or anything like that, it's just that they had people like Kyrie, they had Jason Tatum, they had Jalen Brown. And you know, I feel Marcus like that. Mark. Don't forget Marcus. Oh Mark, my bro. God, the best the player on the team. Oh my God, yes, they had they have Daniel Tice, amazing, bro. Uh, but like you know, he he, it just stifled his his room for gaining his confidence back. Um, I think he right. just needed a bigger role to get like you know his his feet back under him, and I think he's getting that with Charlotte. Yeah, no, I'm definitely happy for Hayward. Um. Like, I don't want to say, like, this game was totally, like, out of pocket for him or anything like that, but he's averaging, before this game, 18 points a game, which isn't bad at all by any means. I am happy for him, and just letting you guys know, I am a Celtics fan, so definitely had my fair shares of struggles watching him play, but I'm happy that he has a clean slate. He can play somewhere else where he's doing well, so maybe he's living up to that contract. We'll have to see, and hopefully he can stay like, you know, not injured. Um, that's one of the problems that he had on the Celtics. Every time he started going and getting momentum, he would just get hurt. Whether it was, like, a broken fist, shout out to Marcus Aldridge for that. Or um, gotcha. if it was obviously that gruesome ankle injury. Um, he Every time he would get going, he would just get hurt. So hopefully after tonight, he can kind of cool down and just kind of keep it going. So speaking of, like, players that have kind of lived up their, to their contract, let's talk about one that, definitely got overpaid in my opinion at least let's talk about rudy gober man this dude got paid gober? i believe it was over <laughs> gober whatever i don't gober. put respect on his name at all um i personally don't like him as a player but that's that's something else but anyways he got paid over 200 mil for averaging about 14 points and 13 rebounds i'm gonna say he's grossly overrated and overpaid uh, i want to hear your guys' opinion before i do my rebuttal on it. okay uh now obviously i do think that's a little bit too much um, but one thing that you, I think a lot of people forget to incorporate into like salaries and stuff like that is that the time that the person has spent with the team. And that's not to say like senior seniority plays like a huge role in the NBA or anything like that. 
uh, it does. But what I mean is that he spent so much time in the system for the Jazz. And I feel like that's really uh, invaluable. Whenever a team has established a culture and, you know, you're, you've been in that culture for a while, you know how things run. So I think it's really hard to put a value on that certain aspect of, like, you know, somebody's salary. Um, granted, like I said, I do agree it's a little bit too much. But, I mean, it, you do hate on Rudy Gobert. Like, he, he's, a, he's a good center, right? But obviously he's not the best, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of debating that could go on right now. Um, but, like, you can't, understate, you can't understate how valuable experience is. Honestly, I might kind of disagree with that. I feel like the reason why the Jazz paid him so much was if they let him walk, they were basically screwed. The only like good player on their team would be um, Donovan Mitchell, and they would not be a playoff team. I personally don't even think they're a playoff How, team this year. Bro, they just lost to the Knicks. Um, you're disrespecting Joe Ingles. I forget Joe Ingles, man. I mean, is he hasn't been great since last year. Even Bogdanovich has he started off pretty hot, but this year he hasn't been that great. So like, I feel like the Jazz had no other choice to but to like pay him, or else he probably threatened to leave, and they'd basically be screwed. But yeah, I know see, Kyle has something to say. Yeah, see, I gotta I gotta disagree with you. So sure, you can you can make the argument that he's not worth that contract uh, when he uh, in he struggled. He's a little limited offensively, but. His defensive impact, it can't be understated. He's still the best defensive center in the league. Um, you can make the argument that Bam is more versatile than him. Uh, I, I think that, like, just looking at the numbers, that's a little bit of a stretch. I would I would say – no, I, I mean, like, center. Anthony Davis plays a lot of power forward. Anthony Davis, obviously, the best big man in the league. Yeah, so I would say, I would say like, pure centers. I would say Gobert is either right now the fourth or fifth best center. Um I would probably take him fifth just because Bam's a lot younger, but I would take him right now over Bam because uh, he's still a great rim deterrent. Donovan Mitchell might be the go-to scorer on that team, but without Rudy Gobert on that team the last few years, they wouldn't even sniff the playoffs. So I think he's vital to the team, and there's more to defense than just one-on-one play. There's help side defense. There's the there's a thought that goes into your opponent's mind when they're driving the lane that, hey, this guy might come and affect my shot. So there's a there's a huge component to defense, and I think he really, really, I think he really emphasizes that. And sure, he might not be worth it, but they didn't really have much of a choice but to pay him. Yeah, um, I agree with both of you guys actually. Um, yeah, they didn't have much choice to pay him that much, but I think it's going to come back to bite them, uh, just because I, I, I don't know. I just don't see Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell as like a championship contending team like they're really good they're playoff contending but i don't know um rudy gobert is definitely overpaid but it's not like he's a bad center and like he is just gonna like deteriorate the team um but yeah he's he's really needed on the team to like just play that defensive position and like hold on to paint but um yeah uh, i don't understand why like Shaq has been hating on him so much like I get, I get it. Like he's not the best scorer, but yeah, as um, Kyle said, um, his defense can be uh, understated. Like it, it's, it's amazing what he does on the defensive end, and that's why. See, he's... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, see, I'm gonna say one thing about his defense and then his offense. So, sure, he's a good defender, but he's not the best perimeter defender. And to kind of go off of that, so yeah, let's say he's good on the defensive end, right? But on the offensive end, he's very below average. He can't shoot at all. He can. He's not the best free throw shooter. He can't make mid range jump shots. He doesn't really have a post up play. So it kind of, like, kind of balances it off. His his under like very underwhelming offense kind of goes against his very good defense. So it's kind of like I mean I don't want to like hate on him or anything like that, but it's kind of like you're really paying a dude. <laughs> you want to pay a dude two hundred million to get rebounds. And to be sit in the paint, basically, that's all I really had to say off that. You know what I mean? Definitely think he's overpaid. But yeah, do you guys have any other players that you want to do for contracts? Or you want to move on to the next bit that we have? I think we're about good, right? Word, word. Yo, all right, Kyle, start us up. We got some trivia for us. All right, word. Um, so the question, the trivia question for today is that since 1997, in the regular season. Um, there have been three players who have shot 20 or more free throws in a single quarter. There have been three players. Um, 
I'm not going to give you guys any names. Just figure, just take a guess, like bad free throw shooters. So we're going to start in order. Uh, Issa, you got you got any guesses? Wait, so you said they've shot 20 free throws in a quarter? 20, 20 or more free throws in a quarter. And just remember your answer. There's only been three that. players that, that have done that? Yep. Okay. Okay, I'm going to pick... <laughs> I'm going to pick... Uh... I'm going to pick James Harden. I'm going to okay. pick... DJ and I would pick Shaq. DeAndre you Jordan. Said DeAndre James Jordan. Harden, DeAndre Jordan, and Shaq. Okay. Uh Norf, you want to go next? Uh Shaq, I, I I think he's definitely on there. Um they had to hope make a whole like Shaq rule for him. Yeah. Um Hack a Shaq. Yeah, Hack a Shaq. Uh James Harden. I okay. think he's there just the way he's able to draw fouls. And then the last one, I'm I'm guessing it's some stupid name. I, I'm not even gonna try to guess that. Wait, what All was right. the question? Uh, so since 1997, in the regular season, there have only been three players who have shot 20 or more free throws in a single quarter. Uh, we're just you can just throw out three names. Just guess. Uh, James Harden, uh, Shaq, and shit, man. Uh, Shannon Brown. I don't know. Shannon Brown. <laughs> All right, Gary, you want to give this a shot? Uh, I'll give it a shot. I have zero confidence in my answer, so I'm gonna go with what you guys were saying. DeAndre Jordan. We're gonna go with uh, Shaq, and then we're gonna go with Andre Drummond, maybe. Man, nobody even oh, got. Wait, 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 wait. Can I get a hit? Can I get a hit? Whoa, whoa, hold on. No, hold on. no, is no. It, uh, modern, is it a player that's still playing today? Let me just ask that. Two of them are. Embiid. Embiid. Nope. Uh, we're done. No, we're done. All right. So the answers are Ben Simmons, who shot 20 what? or more free throws in 2017, Dwight Howard, who did it in 2013, and Ben Wallace, who did it in 2005. How did and I not, forget Dwight Howard? I forgot Dwight Howard because I remember they used to follow him on purpose just so they can get him to the free throw line and they can do a comeback just like that. Oh, my God. Uh, Spurs used to do – or Spurs still do it. Well, I'm not sure if they still do it, but they used to do that a lot with DJ. And they did it with Dwight Howard too, man. I'm surprised I didn't remember Dwight Howard. I remember That's what they call it. They had KJ McDaniels uh, come in uh, <laughs> from the Rockets uh, for to foul Andre Drummond five consecutive times within a matter of three seconds. I remember that. That show was pretty <laughs> funny. I remember. Uh, I remember one time, uh, like Shaq, like just got checked into the game. I think it was the beginning of the game, and like uh, Coach Pop wanted someone that, like already told someone to foul him and he was like what the hell is this it was like the very beginning of the game it was like, yeah i remember that i, I remember that one time in manhunt yeah, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's out of pocket bro that's out of pocket. <laughs> all right all right i think i think that's a perfect way to end up the podcast man uh Ari, you want to give the socials buddy yeah yeah so if you guys enjoy our content appreciate that and appreciate you guys for listening so if you guys want to feature maybe a question or anything like that, you can go to our YouTube channel, the East Coast Browncast, and leave a comment on one of our videos. And we'll probably be reading off some of the comments there. You can also email us at eastcoastbroadcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and a Twitter at ECBcast, so you can check out our posts there and our tweets. So with that, that's pretty much all we got for y'all. The Temple by Ari and Kyle. Uh, great stuff. Yeah. We do, we do have a runoff podcast where it's just me, uh, Aaron, and Kyle, and we do, it's called Push the Tempo Podcast. It's another NBA podcast, so you can check us out. And we're also in the works of a gaming podcast as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Peace. All right.